Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Herbert Farnham wrote a little poem that said, God's masterpiece is mother. God took the fragrance of a flower, the majesty of a tree, the gentleness of the morning dew, the calm of the quiet sea, the beauty of the twilight hour, the soul of a starry night, the laughter of a rippling brook, the grace of a bird in flight. Then God fashioned from these things a creation like no other, and when his masterpiece was through, he called it simply Mother. There's so much truth to that. Uh, how, many, how many of you, especially you fellows this morning, remember, remember that uh, firm hand of mom in discipline? And maybe you got a few spankings from mom. How many have done that? Yeah. Don't lie about it. <clears throat> and uh, my mom, uh, she 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 would discipline us. And then when we got older, and and my dad did too. But when we got older, I still remember one time when my I'm going to tell my brother if he's back here, you you can you can tell him that I told you. But the fact is, one time he smarted off to my mom. And she went to smack his cheeks. He was up in teen years. He was probably about a junior or a senior in high school. And um, she went to smack his cheek, and he thought he was big and tough enough, so he just grabbed her hand and uh, stopped it. And, and I went and hid. <clears throat> she said, you wait till your dad gets home. And... Uh, that was the last time he did that, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, but had a wonderful mother. I, I, my mom taught us so much when we was young. She was, she, my mom didn't get saved till she was up in years. Actually, after I was, was married and our third child was born, that my mother actually got saved. And my dad did too. They uh, had divorced, and both of them got saved later in life. And so praise the Lord. But, it's probably some of the sweetest memories I have, and I know this sounds kind of strange, but I got to spend the last two weeks with my mom um, as she was passing away. She had cancer, a very fast-moving cancer, and, and they gave her two weeks after they found out that she had the cancer, and that's what she lasted was two weeks. But uh, uh, standing there and watching others come in to see her and listening to my mother, who got saved in the latter years of her life, witness to people and tell them about Jesus Christ. My mom was a finger pointer. Otherwise, when she wanted your attention, it went like this. And I remember watching her, my cousin, come in one time and she said, called him by name, pointed her finger in his face. She was laying there on that bed probably about a week before she passed away. And she said, you better make sure you, you, you get saved. That you go to heaven. He's, and he said, and Helen said, I am saved. She said, well, then you better get in church and get your life straightened out. And you get those kids in church. And uh, he said, yes, ma'am. And when she pointed that finger at you, she, you usually, that's the best way to respond was just yes, ma'am. Amen. But I uh, got to watch my mother grow in the Lord in those latter years. And what a blessing to know that one day I'll see her again and cross over to the other side. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. First Samuel chapter 1. A very familiar portion of scripture concerning Hannah. It says, Now there was a certain man of Ramath Zephorim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah. Elkanah. And the son of Jehoram, 
and the son of Elihu, the son of Tuhu, uh, Tuhu boy, I'll tell you what, it'd just be a lot easier just to say Sam and Joe, you know what I mean? <laughs> the son of Zeph and Ephrathite, and he had two wives, the name of one was Hannah, the name of the, uh, the one was Hannah, the name of the other was Paniah, and Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up out of the city yearly to worship, to sacrifice unto the Lord of the host of Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the, and the priest, the priest of the Lord were there. And there, and when the time was, was that Elkanah offered, uh, he gave to Peniah his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year to year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, uh, to, to her, Hannah, to her, I'm, let me back up. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord, of host, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. And I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they arose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah uh, knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, and she bare a son and, she, and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the, the woman abode and gave her, her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her 
with three bullocks, one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Back in verse 19, be our, our text says, And when they rose up in the morning, early and worshiped before the Lord, and returned and came to the house of Ramah, Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And this is what I want you to take a hold of this morning. And the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, A Woman to Remember. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy and goodness to us. Lord, I need your presence, need your power. Lord, I pray that you'd give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Lord, help me, Lord, to be timely. But Lord, help me, Lord, to bring forth what you want this morning. Speak to every heart. We thank you for our mothers today, Lord. We thank you so that we are so blessed. Now, Lord, I pray that you would just bless their hearts and lives. Speak to their hearts. Strengthen them. And Lord, I pray that every person here, not just mothers, this message is for all of us. So, Lord, speak to our hearts and we'll give you the honor and glory and praise. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Here we have a woman that's desperately wanting to have a child, and she's unable to. Uh, to and to make matters worse, uh, in that day and time, it was, uh, it was common for them to have more than one wife, two wives. So her husband had another wife, and she had children. And so she began to provoke, or she began to taunt uh, Hannah because she had children, and Hannah didn't. Of that day and time, it was a great honor to be a mother. Well, it's sad. We live in day and time, and I, I'm not, I don't want to go down this road too much, but we live in day and time that we've got uh, people who are, are taking the life of their child before they have them. It's a great honor to have a child, and, and uh, especially if they could give their husband a man-child to carry on the family name. Yeah, Hannah was unable to bear any children. If you look back in verse 5, it says, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for, the, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Otherwise, she was unable. It wasn't of her uh, uh, fault. It wasn't of, of uh, Elkanah's fault. It was that God had closed up her womb as far as she could not conceive. And, but there was a plan. God had a plan. God always has a plan. To this point, her life in the Lord, he had allowed that to come. But he was about to bring forth a man-child that would one day be a great prophet of God and be used greatly of the Lord. I want to say, look at this mother, this uh, woman that the Bible says the Lord remembered her. First of all, Hannah was a woman of sincere desperation. She was desperate. She wanted a child. She wanted to, to be able to present her husband with a man child. She wanted to be able to present her husband with any child. She, she was desperate to be a mother. She had watched uh, uh, Panea have children and, and watched them grow up and watched uh, all that was taking place and seen the, the love in her husband's eye toward those children. And, and she wanted that for herself and wanted those, those, uh, uh, her own children to be looked upon by her husband and loved like that. She had a great desire. She was desperate, though. Really, really desperate. She desired that in a, in, a, in a great way. Look at verse 10. It says, And she was in bitterness of soul. 
and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Have you ever been so sad or so broken that you just, you, the tears wouldn't stop and you just, you just felt like laying down and, and honestly, maybe just uh, a life leaving you, you just, you just got to the bottom and that's where she was at. She was desperate, desperate. She desired to have a child. Hannah realized that this wasn't something that she could fix herself. This was something that only God could do. Her heart was broken and she sought the Lord to help her. She realized, I can't, I've done all I can do, I can't do anymore. There's a lot of things in life that we can't fix, folks. There's things that we can fix. And sometimes we as men, we, we want to try to fix everything, but there's things that we can't fix. This was one of those situations that nobody could fix it except for God. You see, Many times we try to fix things in our lives by ourselves or by our strength or by our knowledge or by our determination. But it's going to require God to take care of the problem. It's going to require the Lord to fix the problem. In Hannah's desperation, she turns to the one she knows is greater than all. She knows she's a believer in the God of Israel. And she knows that she'd been going and making these sacrifices unto the Lord every year they'd go and make this sacrifice unto the Lord. And, and she knew, she believed in God. She knew that God could do great and mighty things. She knew of her past. She knew of her heritage, how that God had, had delivered the, uh, the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt and how that God had, 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 had dried up the Red Sea. They went over on dry ground and how that they went into the, the land of Canaan and how that God gave them the, the land of Canaan, defeated the enemies and on and on goes all that she knew that God could do. And she thought, surely God can give me a child. She knew that there were where to go. She knew who to turn to. In her desperation, she turned to the Lord. Can I say here this morning, sitting in this auditorium, there's, there's people who have needs and have situations in your life. You can't fix it. You're not big enough. You're not powerful enough. You don't have enough wisdom. You just plain old, we can't fix some things. But there's a God in heaven that can. There's a holy God that loves you and me beyond our wildest imagination. And there's things that come into your life and my life that sometimes seems insurmountable that nothing can take, uh, can, can fix it. But God can fix all things. We need to do like Hannah. We need to turn to him. We need to go to him to take care of that problem, to fix that problem. You see, Hannah was a woman of prayer. Look at verse 12. And it came to pass, as she continued praying for, uh, before the Lord, that, El uh, that Eli marked her mouth. She continued to pray. She kept on praying. And she kept on praying. And you find that over in the latter part, she talked about the, the, the child that she had prayed for. Can I tell you something, moms? You never give up on praying for your children. You never give up on praying for your children. There may be some in here that have children that are wayward. You never give up on them. You keep praying for 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 them. Not just the ones that may be wayward, but even the good ones that uh, you call them good, but they're all, hey, listen, that, that are, seem to be doing well. You keep praying for them. I think about Job, how that even though his children were grown up and how that daily he made sacrifices and prayed for them lest they would do something 
that would draw them away from God, that God would be displeased, and he continually prayed for them. Can I tell you, moms, dads, uh, grandmas, grandpas, never stop praying for your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. They need your prayers. They, hey, listen, the greatest thing that you can give your grandkids is not a $100 bill, but I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you can give them is prayer day in and day out every time that you get up, every time you go to bed. Hey, listen, pray for those kids, those grandkids, those great-grandkids. It's daily. And I'm, some of them's in here, but daily. Our kids, our grandkids, our, their names are called in prayer. Because the need is so great. Because God can do things that I can't do. And God can do things that, and knows things that I don't know about. And He knows where they're at. And He knows what's going on in their lives. She was a woman of prayer. I wish we'd grasp that today. That we should be people of prayer, not just moms, but all of us, even the young people here this morning. We would grasp the importance of prayer. We've become a nation and a group of people that prayer just, just kind of rolls off of our tongue. It's a, something that we just are supposed to do instead of coming from the heart. You see, prayer is the hand that moves the hand of the Almighty God. You want to see God do something? Get on your knees. You want to see God do great and mighty things? Get on your knees. In fact, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. How are we going to get this done? Call on God. How, we, how, how's my, how is this person going to be brought back? Lord, call on God. How am I going to face this problem? Call on God. It's too big. Our, 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 our nation's gone too far. No, call on God. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Prayer. Well, I'll tell you what, if we get back to being a prayer and pe prayer, prayer, praying Christians again, God can honor that and desires for us to pray and to seek him. Hannah was a, a praying woman. Brother Parker, which was my pastor, Brother Elmo Parker down in southeast Missouri, was born into a large family. When he was 16 years old, his dad had a heart attack. And he got him in the truck and he was driving him as fast as he could over them old dirt roads trying to get him to a doctor. And then his dad just fell over on him and slipped out into eternity. His mom raised, I, I don't remember how many kids there was, you remember? Eight, eight, nine, ten, I don't know kids, a bunch of kids by herself. God. His mom was a praying mother. He had one brother that was lost and kind of rebelled against mom and he was older than, than Brother Parker and he just knew everything, you know, and he went off to war. And every day Brother Parker's mom was on her knees. He said, I could hear, I'd get up in the morning, I could hear her in there beside her bed just praying and crying and weeping and begging God to save my brother. Time went on and he came back from the war. He said, Mom, I want you to know. He said, while I was on the ship going over, he said, I got saved. I got saved. There's a man that some of you, I don't, I don't know if anybody in here has really ever met, except for maybe some of my family that used to preach for me a lot. And I used to go, when I was a kid, and heard him preach a lot. He preached for us a lot. His name's Clifford Rice. 
down, he was born down in Kentucky. He was a hard man. And he was a, a fighter. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. You, when you see him, he, he could reach in his pocket, pull out a pair of brass knucks, and just start fighting. He played pool to make a living, and he run moonshine. And he lived with his grandmother. And he, they, he would go down to that little town. It was down off this. They lived up kind of on the side of a mountain there in, in, in Kentucky. And he would go down at that little town down there. And he'd go to that pool hall. And he would bet. And he would play pool. And he, would, he, said, I, he said, I was good. I'd never seen him play. But one time, my, my brother and him was someplace. And they had a pool table. And he said, Brother, brother Ice, you still got it? He said, oh, once you got it, you always got it. So they set it up. And man, he cleared the table just like that. And... But he'd go in there and he'd, he'd, he'd take their money. He'd beat them in pool. And then they'd want to fight him. He'd take that pool cue and he'd back up in a corner and he'd just start whipping them. And he'd get drunk. And he'd crawl all his way back up that mountain. He said, a lot of times he said, I'd make it. They said, I don't know how I made it back up the mountain. He said, I can remember getting to the steps of that old, that old, that old house. And he said, I'd be, have to drag myself up the steps and, 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 and get the door open and start crawling through there. He said, I could hear my grandmother. In there on her knees, begging God, pleading with God and weeping, weeping and crying and asking God to save Clifford. He said, one day, he said, God got me in a place. He said, there was no turning loose. He said, I got saved. Changed his life. He became a powerful preacher and an evangelist also. He pastored for many years and God blessed the ministry and there's no telling how many thousands of people got saved under his preaching. A grandmother praying. A grandmother praying. I'll tell you what prayer is so important. Moms, dads, all of us, it's so important that we pray and seek the Lord. And ask God to do great and mighty things. God answered Hannah's prayer and gave her a boy that God would use mightily. Hannah was also a woman determined to raise her, a mother raised, uh, determined to raise her child for the Lord. Look at verse 11 there. It says that she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, notice what she says here, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. You say, well, preacher, why, what's the deal about the razor? That was a Nazarite vow. That was a, a setting aside of, that, of the Israelites of dedication unto the Lord. It was a Nazarite vow. And so she's saying here, I will raise him for you and I will give him back to you. She said, my desire is not to keep him. My desire is to give him to you, Lord, that you might use him. You know what today, and most mothers today and and dads, I guess you'd have to say too, so many today are determined to raise their children to make big money, to be popular, to be a sports hero, to be somebody in the eyes of the world. That's their ambitions. Boy, look at my son. Boy, he can hit a ball. Boy, look at my daughter. Boy, I'll tell you what, isn't she beautiful? Isn't she, boy? And look at this. Boy, they're making all this money. And boy, they're the smartest people in the great. Boy, I'll tell you what, I pushed them, pushed them, and got them there so that they do all these things. And sadly to say, there's those who have no vision or determination to raise their children to be anything or accomplish anything. They just want to get them out of the house. 
That's sad. Yet Hannah had determined to raise the child that God would give her for the honor and glory of the Lord. She wasn't worried about what kind of money he was going to make. She wasn't worried about what kind of clothes he was going to wear. She wasn't worried about what type of camel he'd ride. She wasn't worried about all those things. She just wanted him to live for God and for God to use him. I'm going to tell you what, moms, dads, what's well, a good thing to be thinking in your mind, determined in your heart. Because if you can raise them for the Lord, if you'll determine in your heart to, to raise them up before the Lord that way and that they might see the, uh, that they might follow the Lord. Hey, listen, God will use them in a great way and, and you'll see them do great things for the Lord and, and you won't have to be bailing them out of jail. There will be prayers. There will be a seeking of that. Hannah was a woman to remember because she was a woman willing to make great sacrifice to God. Look at verse 11, the latter part. She said, Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. Look at verse 28. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. This is after she come to do it. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. Lord, she's basically she's saying, Lord, you gave him to me so that I could give him back to you. Lord, you gave that son to me so that I could give him back to you. Can I say something here that a lot of people may not understand, but, but think about this. If God blesses you with children and you have children, he was just giving them to you for a little while. He wants you to give them back to him, to live for him, to follow him, to serve him. Why? So that he can do something great with their lives. When we cling to those children so much that we're not, we don't allow them to, to go to, be, uh, to follow the Lord and do what the Lord wants, then, then many times that child will fail in so many ways. Children are not ours to keep. And sometimes it's really hard to give them up and to give them to what God wants in their lives. I think of the different ones that their children maybe surrender to the mission field and they leave and they maybe get to see them every four years or five years when they come home on, on furlough. They're in another country and, and they're serving God. But you know what? It may be that Lord just, you give them back to the Lord. They may be, stay, be in the same town with you and serving God and, and close, but you've gave them to the Lord and God can use them in a powerful way there where they're at. Verse 19, he says, Moreover, this mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. You realize that Hannah, when she took Samuel, he was a little child. He was little, like these little kids downstairs. She took him after she had weaned him. And he was young. He was real young. And she left him with Eli, who was the high priest there. And she only got to see him once a year. Once a year when they came up to do sacrifice. And she would make a little coat for him and bring him a new coat because he'd be growing. She'd make him a bigger coat. But she had given him to the Lord. 
You say, well, preacher, that's kind of different. It is, but, and I'm not saying that, but what it boils down to is this. We should be willing to say, Lord, you gave me these children to raise. Now I'm going to raise them for you and give them back to you. They belong to God. They belong to God. And boy, I'll tell you what, the greatest thing is, is that one day if you give them, if you raise them for the Lord and, and you give them back to the Lord, when they die, they know Jesus Christ their Savior and, and they may step out into eternity before you. But my friend, I want you to know something. You'll get to see them again. And you'll get to spend eternity with them. But if you don't give them to the Lord and you don't raise them for the Lord and you're saved, one day you may never get to see them again throughout all eternity if they don't know Christ their Savior. Well, that's what's saddening. To find those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and then one day their children die without Christ and that parent will never see that child ever, ever again. Separate for eternity. Well, it's one of the things that I look forward to is being able to see my mom and some of my grandparents again. Different ones that went on to be the Lord because I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. The Lord honored and rewarded Hannah for her sacrifice. First of all, the Lord blessed her son and used him greatly. You go on over and you begin to read about what the, how the Lord used Samuel. He used him in a powerful way for the children of Israel and he was a great prophet of God. But the Lord gave Hannah other children for her faithfulness. Remember now, in the beginning, she couldn't have children. She prayed for the God to give her a, a, a man-child, and, and she would give him back to God. And so the Lord did that, and now the Lord is ready to bless her, and he gives her more children. More children. In 2 Samuel there, or 1 Samuel chapter 2 says in verse 20, And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went to their, unto their home, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. He blessed. Samuel grew before the Lord. He was used greatly with God. And God blessed him and gave him five more children. Five more children. A woman who couldn't have any to begin with. No matter what you do for the Lord and give unto the Lord, you can't outgive him. Doesn't, hey, listen, doesn't matter what it is. You cannot outgive God. You, you, you say, well, I'm giving all that I've got. Well, God will give you more than what you gave him. She gave her son and he gave her, he gave her three, uh, three sons and two daughters back. You cannot give him. He'll abundantly reward you. As you make the sacrifice to serve him with your life and all that you have. Then lastly, none of this would have ever happened in Hannah's life if she didn't come to the Lord. None of it. She would have never had a son. She would have never had those other five. She would have never experienced the blessings of God. She would have never seen God answer prayer. She would have never seen all these things take place had she not come to the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 9 says, So Hannah rose up if they had eaten in Shiloh, and after that they drunk, and now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She got up from that meal and she came to the Lord. She got up from where she was at 
She was in bitterness of soul. She was at the bottom and she got up from where she was at and she came. She didn't get upset and run home and, and cry and throw a fit at home or she didn't run outside and just go over and sit under a tree and mope around. She didn't just go over here and say, man, it's just not fair. I can't have any kids. She didn't just go over here and, and, and complain to uh, her husband about the fact that she couldn't have any. She didn't go to her uh, the uh, Panaya and, and begin to uh, badmouth her. Hey, listen, she got up from that table and she went to the house of God. She rose up. She came to the Lord. Can I tell you something this morning? You'll never see great things in your life until you rise up and come to the Lord. She rose up and came to the Lord. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to receive Jesus Christ, your Savior. You've got to come to Him. You want to see great things in your life? You want to see God do great things beyond your understanding? It's beyond your ability in your life? You want to see Him fix those difficult things? You want to see Him fix it, something that nobody else can fix? Come to Him. But you must first come to Him in salvation. You see, Jesus Christ came into the world for you and I first. He came first. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came to bear your sins and my sins. We're all sinners. The Bible says, For there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 eight says, But God commendeth His love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came. Now it's our turn to come. First in salvation, admitting that we're sinners. Admitting that we can't make it to heaven on our own. That's something, can I tell you something? We're talking about things you can't fix. You can't fix salvation by yourself. I can't fix your salvation. What Jesus Christ did on the cross is what fixes it. But you must receive Him as your Lord and Savior. You must receive Him. Ask Him to forgive you your sins coming to your heart and life. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. But in verse 10 it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. You must come to the Lord in salvation first to see God do great things. And then after that, hey, listen, Christian, we need to rise up from self. We need to rise up from our own wants and desires and come to the Lord in obedience and seek Him and seek His glory in our lives. Then we read the faithfulness that God we'll see, read of the faithfulness of, of God unto those who come to Him and, and live for Him there. It says, and she rose and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to, to Ramah and Elka knew Hannah his wife. And Lord it say again, and the Lord remembered her. You want God to remember you? You've got to rise up and come to Him first in salvation and then to live for Him and to serve Him. What a wonderful words. The Lord remembered her. God looks down at our moms and our, our grandmothers and He remembers you as you live for Him. Christian, we need to live for the Lord like this mother and He'll remember you. Moms, grandmothers, be like a Hannah. And see the Lord remember you and do great and mighty things in your life and in the lives of your children and great-grandchildren. Something that will never fade when we walk with God. Let's bow. Maybe this morning, 
There may be somebody here this morning that does not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you was to die today, you don't know that you'd go to heaven. There's no greater day than to come to the Lord than on a Mother's Day. Why don't you come this morning? I'll be down front. You just come and every head's going to be bowed, every eye's going to be closed. And let's take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Let God have His way. Let God work in your heart. Let, let Him do what only He can do. And only God can fix your greatest need, and that's salvation. And then, Christian, maybe this morning, you just need to come and pour out your heart like Hannah did to the Lord. Get close to Him. Maybe there's some things in your life you can't fix. He can. Maybe there's some difficulties that you're facing. You don't know how to handle them. He does. Come to Him this morning. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercy and goodness to us. Bless now, Lord, in this invitation. May you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.